0: What's up everybody, you're listening to Games Tech and Things, the gaming podcast that seeks to inform you about the ways video games have affected technology throughout the ages. From the days of old and the SNES era, all the way to the modern era with computers and PC. Each week we explore this topic with a co-host that brings their own insights into the topic right here at 3pm on Fridays on Anchor. What's up, everybody? You're listening to Games, Tech, and Things, the gaming podcast that seeks to inform you about how video games can be used in other applications. With me today is Abigail Icobucci, a senior biology major here at Piedmont University. How are you doing today, today, Abigail?
1: I'm doing well, Chris. Thank you for having me.
0: No problem. It's always a joy to have you around, you know. Thank you. All right. So... We're going to be delving into a topic that's a little different than usual. It sort of relates into the body dysmorphia episode that I did with Connor Jelly. I don't know if you listened to that one or not, but in that episode, we talked about the psychological aspects that can go into a male fitness junkie playing video games and seeing a super ripped individual and wanting to be built like said individual. So in the similar vein, what we're going to talk about today is how a person can look at a person and a video game, and perceive it as their ideal, you know, husband or wife, as their ideal person that they want to marry or have a relationship with. There are many, many, many things that go into this type of type of topic because of the way psychology works and how a person can perceive just a different form of beauty and in each individual that they see. So, I wanted to get your opinion on this. I know there is a word out there. For individuals that do this type of thing, and it's called simping.
1: Oh, boy. Um, Okay. I mean, casually, but, you know.
0: Casually simping. Is that what you do, Abigail? Do you (laughs) casually simp over characters in video games?
1: I do not, actually, but I do know a few people who do.
0: Yes, I do believe we do have one mutual friend that we'll not name here just to keep their identity, you know, secret and everything. However, just there's a lot of psychology that goes into, I guess, quote unquote, simping over characters just because there's a ton of different factors. There's a person's perception of beauty and how they think that their person that they're currently going for in a video game is, you know, the pinnacle of beauty the the pinnacle of handsomeness or anything. And it definitely causes some psychological effects in a person due to due to that. So I wanted to get your opinion on how a person like a, pas- a person could go about having that happen and still perceive an individual as you know, fine physically and beautiful mentally and everything. However, choosing not to go for that person just because they feel that they don't live up to the high standards set by video games.
1: Well, I mean, there's a lot that simply goes into, you know, falling in love and you know, sexual and romantic attraction. And, of course, uh, being a biology major, those things aren't my specialty. But I do believe that, like, there is a sort of identification process that goes on when people uh, look at or perceive fictional characters. And so when you, when you, like, even read a book, you see a character and you see, oh, this is a person and this is, like, how they think and this is how they feel. And you can identify those things, and you attach an aspect of humanity onto them, even though they're pretty much just, you know, a conglomerate of art forms, whether that be writing or visual.
0: I definitely see where you're going there, and I think it kind of relates to how, you know, we as people see celebrities as as well, just because celebrities are usually seen as the pinnacle of human achievability with the ability to reach such great heights of beauty physically and mentally and everything. And I kind of think that there could be a line that could be drawn there. And I believe in this article that um, I believe you had sent me on this topic, actually, there's some connection made between the psychological pathways in the mind and everything where they just match up almost one-to-one as a result of just Our human mind perceiving it as such even if it's a person that doesn't even exist
1: pretty much though i also read this article that said you know we identify with uh characters even more so than we would with perhaps celebrities and real people and people uh real people on television because we get information from their own mind we see the authors uh, or you know we Creator. See, yes, we see a creator's truth, and we take that to be objective truth, truth within that realm. And uh, so, therefore, we can actually know fictional characters even better, in a sense, than celebrities and other, you know, people with whom we are distant.
0: That's a fair point, and I definitely see the connection there. And I see that there is, there could be that separation where a fictional character could be seen as you know, more mentally and physically attainable due to the fact that we could see inside their mind like you were saying and everything. And I definitely want to explore that right after we come back from this commercial break right here. Make sure you stick around for this commercial from Mr. Connor Jelly, fellow, not podcast, fellow Capstone student right here at Piedmont University about his website. Take a listen. Hey, do you like talking about body health? Do you like talking about stuff that, you know, helps lift up the rest of the world and will help you improve your health. We'll tune in every Friday afternoon at 2 p.m. right here on Z98.7 FM, the student radio station at Piedmont University, to listen to Jelly Time, hosted by Connor Jelly. back make sure you check out connor jelly's website right in the description below so abigail we've kind of danced around the topic a little bit here about how physical connections and mental connections can be made between a individual and fictional characters and how they're perceived just because we can see inside their minds in most cases like in video games or in books and everything so my question is do you see this as a potentially negative or positive effect in the future
1: oh that's a really interesting question, and um, I have been reading an article, and, you know, the authors of this article looked at uh, forum posts by uh, by people who go by, who they ascribe the title of fictophiliacs, which is people who have attra- um, attraction to, you know, fictional characters, and so part of what they were trying to they were trying to attach qualities. They were trying to qualify um, fictophilia. And part of that was uh, one of the aspects that they covered was that fictophiles, quote, do not confuse fiction and reality. Part of that is they acknowledge that they have feelings, but they, that they cannot connect to fictional characters in the same way that they connect to real people.
0: I can see that. And I can, and you know, we've read a lot of the same material on this just because, you know, there's a lot of research that goes into making the podcast such as this. And by listening to just that section, there can be some arguments made against that and changed as a result of just different people with different psychological statuses and everything. Maybe a person has a psychological illness that makes it impossible for them to distinguish the fictional from reality. And therefore they see a person as real. They think that that person is real and they should be with them and as a result they start becoming disillusioned with the real world and everything and thinking that the fictional world is something is something more than they could ever want and need and it's something that they need to have instead of a re a real world.
1: Um I do think that is I mean, you know, I feel like <laughs> there's a biblical quote. There is nothing new under the sun. And so I feel it it's a it's a reflection of human nature. And I feel if you can say it, if you can think it, it's probably happened. Um, but the authors of this study that I've been reading uh, have said that it's not necessarily a negative thing. It's not necessarily pathological. Only when it becomes compulsive or necessary or damaging can be can it be qualified as, you know, as negative, as uh, as an issue.
0: Right. And it is my current belief that, however, while it takes that compulsiveness in the future, I believe it's just that. It's a matter of time before stuff like this ends up starting to happen. As we advance with technology into VR scapes and everything, I believe that things could potentially get to the point where if we're able to move past the uncanny valley effect, which I'll get down to describing in a minute here, we could end up having Issues where that kind of stuff could start impacting everyday life and making individuals think that fictional characters are potentially better than real life people. And for those of you who don't know, the I believe I've discussed the Uncanny Valley effect on a previous episode. What the Uncanny Valley effect is a psychological, not inhibitor, but like a psychological aspect of our mind where while pictures and technology can produce things that look so lifelike, look so close to an actual human face, the human mind will always be able to distinguish that it's not actually real because there's just something off about it that we can't put our finger on. I don't know if you've experienced this effect with any digitally rendered like images or anything, but the commonly held belief is that NVR VR, it will never attain... The status of being too lifelike because we will always be able to tell the difference as a result. And if we do ever overcome the uncanny valley effect, I believe that these types of issues could more accurate, more, could arise more in depth because we, if we get past that effect where we can't tell reality from uh, fictional worlds or anything, then you could put on a headset for hours and you would never know that, and you could possibly never know that you went into the headset or just that you've always been in the headset or you just lost touch with reality?
1: When you say could, I do believe that, you know, it could be a possibility, but keep in mind that it's not going to happen to everyone. And so the authors of this study also discussed that uh, there were several, uh, I don't want to say subjects, there were several, you know, research subjects that did say, you know, I've grown out of you know, my fictophilia, and that they've learned from it and that they've grown from it. And I also believe that, um, and this ties into their second point, um, fictophiliac stigma. So I feel as though it could be a problem only if we continue to address it as a problem. Uh, Because this is, even now, at the beginning of this podcast, you mentioned that this was an unusual topic. And I feel as though it's not something that, you know, unless you have a close real life or online friend group, it's not something you're going to discuss often. And perhaps, you know, perhaps we do need to change that. Perhaps we do need to change that point of view in order to, say, address these issues. Because we can't, if there are issues, we, can't con- we cannot solve them until we address them. Right,
0: and it's, it's definitely a, A hard topic to talk about because like you said there's that level of intimacy that goes into a person being comfortable with talking about this type of thing with people. I know various people in our friend's group friend groups have those people that they just kind of idolize on a personal level you know even if it is just a fictional character. They see them as almost real enough to where they can have feelings for them and feel like that they need that character and work real hard in order to get that character in some aspects.
1: And it's funny that you mentioned that because uh, one of their, one of their points was uh, fictophiliac behaviors um, that involve activities such as, you know, you know, activities that attempt to create a connection, whether that be, you know, uh, you know, writing about their object of desire or drawing um, and, You know, there's this earnest attempt to, you know, create, to fill the gap, even with this knowledge of, you know, this one-sidedness.
0: Yeah, and I believe where that comes into play is when an individual starts making various types of images and fan fictions, which are, you know, just basically fan-created stories about various different topics. And one of those topics that's very popular and does the rounds more often than not is, you know... A, a certain character in a relationship with the reader.
1: Who? Um. Oh boy, we're we're hitting all of the points, aren't we?
0: Oh yes, we're hitting all of the points, and it definitely sounds like you've been involved in some of these types. So I'll let you take the lead here.
1: Um. Actually, I haven't been involved with these. <laughs> I know. I know my tone of voice tries to make it seem like I'm lying, but I haven't really been involved with these sorts of things. Uh. Due to personal time constraints, uh, but you know such things definitely do exist, and they are definitely part of you know um, the writer's uh, attempts to you know to connect with these fictional characters, even if they know that there is a distinction between fiction and reality, and this is their this is their attempt to you know bridge that gap.
0: In bridging that gap, I do feel like there could be some issues that arise as a result of the want to create your character, the want to make your character as close to yourself as possible. And, you know, this kind of self-insert can also happen in video games where you have the ability to create your own characters. And I think a issue could arise, especially in the future, when we start hitting more levels of post-uncanny valley of graphics and connections and video games like NVR VR games. There's already a bunch of VR games out there that allow you to customize various different aspects of individuals that you would like to potentially have relationships in inside the game. And it could end up being a dangerous thing, but it could also end up being a useful tool, I believe, for those who want to learn about making connections with people better and learn how to overcome certain stigmas and, you know, just psychological effects on themselves.
1: Um, yes, that's definitely definitely a possibility um you know i was reading this is like entirely unrelated to you know fictional characters but i was reading uh i was reading about this article on npr um about you know flirting and you know you know the the aspect of flirting of trying to make someone else feel good and i read through it and i realized wow this has many different applications for you know connecting to real life people uh not just you know uh (laughs) fictional characters but uh well I think
0: that connection to fictional characters like you said in that article it states that it's not inherently negative and it could possibly lead to negative but I think it could lead to a helpful tool for some just because you can use that tool and you can use that as a Way to overcome your own personal problems with being social with individuals. So, like when you have problems just talking to people in general, you could use various different aspects of, say, like a dating sim or a simulation game where you just run around and you make friends with everybody. And I feel that can end up being a helpful tool in some regards.
1: Um, I definitely feel the same. Um, there has been, you know, work and research done on this. That I myself have not looked deeply into, but it definitely exists and is definitely a possibility.
0: It's one that I want to look for. I look forward to moving forward just because, you know, as someone who has had these issues in the past with making connections to people, with talking to people, with expressing how I actually feel about things and how I feel about people and everything. I, you know, it's something that I wish I had growing up just because it would have helped to accelerate certain aspects of my life and accelerate my, you know, just how I am with certain people, my friendship levels with certain people. And I feel that it could have ended up helping with my personal life in general as long as, you know, these various different types of games don't get too, I guess the word is too personal and too realistic.
1: I definitely understand what you mean. And um, we live in a society that is increasingly isolated and I do feel as though, you know, you know, games and such things that attempt to simulate real human connections, they will never like, in a sense, they will never reach that level simply because it is, in a sense, impossible for, you know, a thing that abides by a set of rules and a set of laws that cannot be changed to, to, in a sense, reciprocate and to give back to a real individual that's never going to happen but it definitely could help yes
0: I definitely see where you're going there and I feel maybe eventually there could be some level of technology that could allow for that to happen and it doesn't even have to be like coming from video games in general it could be just a combination of two different technologies like you know we have 3d printers coming up nowadays what's it going to take for a person to just make a dating sim where a person could actually you know, receive some form of physical gift out of said dating set, where the person giving you the gift is a file that you could end up connecting to a three D printer and just printing it right there.
1: I I never considered that, but that is an interesting, uh, as an in interesting speculation.
0: Yeah, it's purely speculation, but a lot of this can end up being speculation just because. We are talking about an untreaded path in this in this regard, just because people are usually content with how dating sims are currently that there hasn't been real innovation in the in the field for a long time. Not that I would know.
1: <clears throat> well, uh it's interesting that you mentioned that because, you know, part of the you know, the fifth uh fifth aspect of, I I skipped number four, my apologies, but the fifth talking point of this article that I've been reading is that, you know, um, uh, you know, are attracted to these characters, uh, quite possibly because they are, uh, because they are better than, you know, real life people. They're, you know, perhaps they're more physically attractive or, personality is attractive or you know simply the knowledge you know this was mentioned simply the knowledge that you know fictional characters won't go away they won't abandon you and uh that is in part related to you know that set of laws you know fictional characters and you know games abide by their own set of laws um ones that cannot be broken on like real life.
0: That's definitely true, and there is something to be said about how fictional characters can end up being better than real life humans and never leaving you. And I've I remember hearing a saying at some point. It goes, "If that fictional character were real, there's no guarantee they'd even even they'd even date you, even if they were real."
1: Yes, I do believe I remember reading that.
0: All right, with that. I want to thank you for coming out here, Abigail. It's been a pleasure talking to you about this very interesting topic, a very, very interesting topic for our last episode of <laughs> Games, Tech, and Things. So I want to thank you for coming out.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Chris. It's been a pleasure.
0: All right. I'm glad you could come out. It's always been a, it's always been a joy talking about these types of things with people, you know, video games as a whole, because, you know, I enjoy video games a lot. I want it to be better known by the the general populace, I want the potential positive effects to be realized in the future. So with that, thank you for tuning in to this last episode of Games, Tech, and Things right here on Anchor and Spotify. While this is the last one, you can check out every other episode of our series 1 through 12. This is the 12th episode. So 1 through 12 right here on Anchor, Spotify, and my Capstone website, which will be all linked down in the description below.